Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. I want to do my best to preach as briefly as I can. Hallelujah. To preach as briefly as I can so that we can have time to do what the Word says. I want to read from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, and I want to crave your indulgence for you to read that with me this morning. Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Everybody, Isaiah 40, 31, read together, one, two, go. Let me tell you this, and this would shock you, but it's true. When we get to heaven, we will discover that one of the greatest wonders there is caused by men who don't pray. Angels don't get it. Angels can't understand why men would not pray. The spirit realm can't understand it. Yeah, Jesus can understand because we don't have a high priest that is not touched by the feeling of our infirmity. He was at every point tempted as we, we, we are. But it is still an anomaly in the spirit realm, a great anomaly that men do not pray. I bet you they cannot understand it. And listen, the reason is simple. God is wonderful. God is wonderful. I know you've read many books on prayer that give you mechanical steps on how to pray better, but this is a good place to start. What do you mean you're struggling? Do you know who God is? God is beautiful and God is wonderful. And if you had the privilege to gaze at God, you wouldn't want to see anything else. There is no place you would rather be. And you would just stay there, bask in the glory. Time would be passing and you wouldn't even know. It's a great wonder, I tell you, a man who does not pray. The Bible tells us about 24 elders in the throne room of God. The Bible says all they exist for, all they've ever done since they were created is to cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And think about it. Do you know what it means? First and foremost, even when we manage to pray long, we like to keep it spontaneous and fast-paced. We like to change songs. But to say the same thing for all eternity, and it's not like you're getting tired. I mean, not one ounce of fascination has dropped since they started. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. 
Because can I tell you something? If you truly see God, gaze on Him, not out of duty, but out of delight, you will stay there. Nothing else will call your attention half as much. I mean, think about it. Where those 24 elders are, there is no night. There is no day. At least some of, the, some of us, part of the incentives, 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 I beg your pardon, we have where we manage to pray long is just the compensation we have in our mind. Our ego is robbed of, you know, I mean, pampered. The fact that we prayed two hours, we get to boast about that. We prayed, prayed two hours. We prayed five hours. But where those guys are, there is no day. No night. And they've been worshipping since forever. And nobody is counting. Because it doesn't matter. All that matters is God. It's holy. 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 It's the Lord God Almighty. And so as great as that opening text is, listen, we all know, we've heard about several reasons why you should pray, 10 reasons why you should pray, 10 benefits of prayer, 20 benefits of prayer. We know what prayer does. We know what it is capable of doing in our lives. The possibilities that it can inject into our lives. I mean, think about it. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Some of you can use some strength right now. It says they will mount up with wings as eagles. In the normal realm of humanity, men don't fly. But he is telling you when you pray, a new realm of possibility, the supernatural is injected into your experience. In the realm of the spirit, men who wait can fly. And that's wonderful. And we know it in our minds. But somehow, it's easier said than done. Waiting is one of the hardest things to get a man to do these days. Just wait. It's the hardest thing to get a man to do, to do nothing. Because we are like restless toddlers. You know, if you have raised toddlers, you have to understand that their excitement is per second. So if they are doing something wrong, they are playing with something and you collect it, they immediately look for the next thing to play with. We are that restless. And then when God tells us in a social media generation to wait, oh, it's hard. It's hard. We're used to scrolling through the news feed. There's always something exciting, you know. And then you just wait there and gaze on one thing. I mean, think about it. Historically, many theologians say Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane prayed at least three hours. And in three hours, he had one prayer point. You know, what is this staying power that we have lost? Maybe that's part of the strength that is renewed. The ability to have our priorities realigned. To say, I mean, where am I rushing to? Because you see, you don't discover how hard it is to wait until you start praying. Then five minutes seems like five hours. 
And 20 minutes seems like two days. The clock will not just move. Seems like it's so hard. And then, all the things that you should be doing will start coming to you. I mean, before you started praying, there was no real sense of urgency. You know, yeah, my day is still going well. When you start praying, it's a common temptation of the enemy to show you things you would rather be doing. And you just remember, oh, I've not done this. I've not done this. I've not done this. I've not done this. Some of you know what I'm saying. And that's one of the first things prayer achieves for us. To help us see nothing else is as important. Until we pray through all those distractions, we realize all these things that are coming, yeah, I mean, they are legitimate concerns. I need to do this, I need to do that, but I have this sense of priority. God is more important. And by the way, when I pray, I'm not wasting my time. It looks like there are other things that I should be doing, but it turns out I cover more distance staying put on my knees. It says, they that wait upon the Lord will mount up with wings as eagles. It's the deceit of the enemy to give you the impression that time is passing and the world is moving past you while you are there praying. But I, listen, I am more effective. It's just like cutting a tree. Someone else will spend more time sharpening his axe. Another person will just expend more energy using a dull axe to try and cut the tree. The person who waits and sharpens the axe we'll still cut the tree faster. So don't let the devil tempt you. Nothing else counts as much. And some of us are like those clueless people that we have to wake, you know, from our slumber when it comes to relationship. You know, there are some people that are so clueless, they have a treasure in front of them and they don't see it. And then some, especially amongst guys, some guys have to remind each other and say, guy, are you sleeping fam? That's a treasure. What do you mean? That <laughs> babe's beautiful. Sometimes it takes another person to say, what are you doing? Same thing applies in your walk with God. If you're not gazing at God, what are you gazing at? What are you gazing at? What in the world commands more attention? He's beautiful beyond description. Don't you understand? And one day, we will have the honor to only gaze at him for all eternity and it will not be a waste of time. So when we pray, there is a desensitization taking place. We are brought into throne room settings where there is no time, there is no day, there is no night, because the things of the Spirit are not meant to be rushed. Did you hear what I said? The things of the Spirit deserve the investment of your entire life. 
Thank you. So, this month, get your priorities right. See God for the beauty that he is. Gaze some more. Just like the songwriter wrote, it said, may we never lose our wonder. Wide eyes demystified. Let us be like children. You see, because spiritual education and carnal education are very different. For instance, in when you're training a child, you tell a toddler two times two, and the toddler responds four. I mean, the parents are excited. Everybody's shouting, yay, you got it right. That's good. But when the same child is eight or ten, and you say two plus two, and the child says four, nobody's excited because you ought to know what two plus two is. But it's totally different when it comes to the spirit realm. In the spirit realm, the two plus two in the spirit realm, in theology, will always get us excited. Always. There is no aspect of the knowledge of God that would outgrow in excitement. None. In fact, it's one of the symptoms to determine the health of your work with God. The fact that the things that got you excited when you first got saved still get you excited. Joy is an important element. Not just duty, but the light. <laughs> it's so important. And if you are losing the light... There's a remedy. It means you are gazing at the wrong things. Let me tell you something. If you don't see beauty in God as you should, it's because you've not been gazing. All you have to do to see beauty is to gaze. And so, in every spiritual experience, we must have months like this where we re-emphasize what must be re-emphasized. Let me ask you this. Did you ever wonder what the book Deuteronomy means, that name, Deuteronomy, do you know what it means? It means the reiteration of the law. That's what it means, reiteration. And the law had already been given in Exodus, but God saw the need for reiteration because information and conviction are two different things. And so, yes, you know it in your head. But Joshua then says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. He says, you shall meditate on it day and night. He says, then you will observe to do all that is written therein. Listen, if you are going to be a doer of the word, you're going to have to gaze at the word. So it's not every time what you are looking for is more information. Sometimes you take the instruction in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 that says we ought to give more earnest heed to the things we have heard. The things you've heard in the past, the things you already know. Give more earnest heed. It says lest you let them sleep. Everybody needs that time of emphasis in their devotion. What have I allowed to slip away? 
I mean, now I go one full day, two days without praying and I feel okay. What in the world makes me think it's okay to go so long without praying? To go so long without studying the Bible? You see, this Bible study thing, it's a pandemic in the body of Christ. It has never been this bad. Many believers don't read their Bible. We pretend to, but we don't. And now, what is worse is that we don't even have any true sense of urgency about how bad that is. We've allowed some things slip. Some standards are slipping. Some things that we had as good habits before are dropping off. And now we don't even care. Well, that has to change. This month, we give a more earnest heed. Otherwise, you will put up... Um, I'm going to explain this at Manifest Bible Course. The concept of hardness of heart. How does it happen? When the word of God that is meant to change you does not change you. It doesn't leave you the same. It doesn't leave you the same. Your heart gets hardened. And some of us have come up with this mechanism where religion and what we really do are working side by side, like oil and water that don't mix. And what is meant to influence us no longer influences us. So you see, there are five categories of people that Jesus de dealt with. I'm not saying, you know, I'm just I'm going to give this for illustration's sake. And these people had serious troubles when it came to their worship and their devotional life. And those categories of people still exist in modern day church. Jesus had to deal with the multitude. That's the first category, the multitude. You know what multitudes? We have many like that in the church today. They're not really interested in all that Jesus is saying. His Jesus is preaching the Beatitudes. They're not interested. But then Jesus comes down and begins to work miracles. And it gets their attention. They don't really like Jesus, but they like miracles. They like to get better and all of that. Oh, can you please pray for this person? Can you please, you know. And now there's a multitude of people who are just waiting for Jesus to finish all the long talk, all the sermonization, and just get to what they're interested in. Heal the sick. And then it gets better. Jesus doesn't only heal the sick. One day, he multiplies five loaves and two fish, and he feeds 5,000. Oh, my God. Do you know what it means in an economic depression at a time where the Roman Empire is colonizing the Jews and they, they are facing heavy taxation? Someone gives us free food. The Bible says they sought to seize him and make him king forcefully. They try to make a political agenda out of ministry. And you see, someone through modern day mega church ideology would have been happy in three years. I mean, our church is doing great numbers. 5,000 church in three years. But the Bible says Jesus knew all men. That's something you must remember when it comes to your devotion. Jesus, listen, 
The why is as important as the what. So in all your singing, Jesus sees through everything and he sees your motives. He knows why you are there. If you're here just for the bread, he knows. And this is the thing about um, Christian devotion. The Bible says the days of ignorance, God has winked at and now calls everyone to repent. So there are some things that God will look away from because you are growing. And so you are in church just because you want to be healed. You are in church just because you want God to bless you financially. And guess what? You keep getting what you want. The blessings keep coming. And so you keep coming. But the time comes. God expects you to grow. And so you're going to stop seeing that. And so the same Jesus who multiplied five loaves and two fish, seven loaves and two fish, he did it on two occasions. The same people come to him the third time and he says, no. You are going to stop seeking God for the bread that he gives and start seeking him for the bread that he is. He said, I am the bread come down from heaven. And the multitude has a problem. Let me tell you something about the multitude. They are going to leave anyway. It is either they leave because they didn't get what they want or because they got what they want. Church is just a phase for them. And so the moment Jesus started sermonizing them, the bread, they turned their backs and they went. You can tell people who belong to the multitude by how they pray. Just commercial approach to Christianity. Give me, give me, give me all the time. No prayer of consecration. No prayer for the word of God to spread in their day. To prosper in their day. No prayer for the saints. No intercession for anybody. Just give me, give me, give me all the time. If you fall into that category, hear the word of the Lord. Grow up! And what is worse is that there are churches that are designed to keep you a baby. They don't teach you any word. They just keep telling you God will bless you, God will bless you. And it's just breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. And you are not growing and you don't even know it. Churches that are just basically hospitals. No classroom. That's a wrong balance. Hallelujah. But then there's another category. The category of the Pharisees. They're not as extreme as the multitude. They have some semblance of religion, but their motives are wrong. So they pray, but they pray so that they will be seen. People who fall into this category have a public prayer life, but no private prayer life. They're the kind of people where if people in their vicinity, in their office hear that they are church people, they are surprised. Ah. So if someone from church visits your street and says, brother, so and so, ah, the guys on the street will be like, hey, brother. Because you pray only to be seen. You have no prayer life. And what is terrible is that the, all the help that we could have given you, we can't give you because you look okay. You look okay. Like Jesus said one of the seven churches in the book of Revelations, he said, you have the appearance of life, but you are dead. You know what the fall of man 
taught us? It taught us that you can be a dead man walking. Jesus said, or God said, the day you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. When Adam ate of the fruit, he was still walking up and down. And God call, came in the cool of the day. He spoke with God, but he was dead. It took 969 years for death to manifest. But death came into his body the day he ate of it. Some of us are not doing okay. But we put on our Sunday best and you know we like this bad all by myself attitude. So hypocritical. And Jesus gives us a stern reminder that God sees the secret. He says, God sees the secret and rewards openly. So if you fall into that category, in the comfort of your closet, start building an actual relationship with God. Take it upon yourself to build an actual relationship with God. There is a third category. And that's the Martha WhatsApp group. You are so busy preparing what Jesus will eat that you no longer have time to listen to Jesus. And God reminds us, he says, one thing is needful. You are so cumbered by a multitude of necessities. The necessities are necessities. They are legitimate. But one thing is needful. Praise the Lord. See, what the Pharisees, and this is the dicey part, what the Pharisees were doing was a sin. They are hypocrites. But Martha was committing no sin. She meant well. She was doing everything right. It's just that she wasn't getting her priorities right. Reorder your priorities. This month, make sure you have a prayer life. Make sure you are too busy not to pray. That's the right mentality with which you should look at your priorities. I'm too busy not to pray. If I'm not praying, I'm, do you understand? I must order my priorities right. I don't do everything and pray when I have nothing else to do. You know, some people, they pray when, you know, everything has passed their power. But I will pray first. Say loud, Amen. The fourth category of people are like Judas. And here is what is fascinating. Do you know that when Jesus, on that Lord's Supper, or Last Supper, said, I have 12 of you disciples, but one of you is a devil. One of you will betray me. Do you know that nobody could even guess who it was? Did you hear what I just said? I mean, it never even crossed Peter's mind or John's mind in three and a half years of ministry that Judas was battling anything. There are some of us who come to church regularly, but like Judas, for three years he was stealing money. Nobody knew. And I'm not even saying this to judge you. I'm just saying, in our walk with God, we must be confronted with the word of God and allow it change us. Uh, uh, well, Lord, this has to stop. It has to stop before it gets out of hand because if you have been dipping your hand into Jesus' purse, one day, 
They're going to take it a notch higher. And say, let's betray him and make some more money. How much is in the purse? Let's go for 30 pieces of silver. That's what happens most of the time. All the little bits of contradictions here and there that we don't check on time, they get out of hand. And maybe this is why God is leading me prophetically to bring this word to you. If you continue the way you are going, you are headed for a ditch. Stop already. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Nobody knows, but you know. Jesus only knew prophetically. Nobody caught Judas, but you know. Don't wait until it is too late. Don't wait till it gets out of hand. So this month is a special month of consecration. If we're not praying, we're going to pray. If we're not studying, we're going to study. And then the Bible says to lay aside every weight and every what? Sin that doth so easily beset us. It says so that we can run with patience the race that is set before us. Say loud, amen. amen. But what you're not allowed to do is to hear a word like this and not act on it. That would be hardness of heart. You're going the way of Pharaoh. You're going the way of Pharaoh. Did you think that God did not know that Pharaoh's magicians could turn a rod to serpent? You think he didn't know? He knew. He knew. He started Moses off there so that, I mean, it could have been sign enough for someone else that Moses' rod swallowed all the other rods. It could have been sign enough. But instead, no. Uh, maybe the magicians were not just ready. Until he ended up in the Red Sea. That's what hardness of heart does. Hallelujah. So this month, you're going to put aside all forms of contradiction. And then the fifth category is the most subtle. Because this fifth category, you, you don't even have any moral contradictions. And that's part of the problem. Everyone else who does, you know, you look at them. You're, not, you're tired of church. The church is full of hypocrites. You know, and God, what Jesus says to Peter, Simon! Son of Bajona, the devil seeks to have you that he may sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith fails not. Because some of us, when we first joined church, we were so vibrant, so active, you know, ready to do it all. And then we began to see contradictions in others. And so our passion began to reduce. And now you still come around, but you're half-hearted, just in case, you know. The last time I joined the service unit, this and this happened. So I'm just going to be a church member. L let me tell you what you're doing. You are making the same mistake that Moses made. Moses had a vibrant encounter with God. Was 40 days on the mountain. Went there with a tablet of stone and God wrote on it. Do you know what that means? Moses knew what God's handwriting looked like. 
What do you think about that? God wrote on tablets of stone. Moses saw it. He was coming down with it. Then he saw the sins of others. The children of Israel had this idol they were worshipping. He got so angry that he dropped it on the floor. That's what many of us do. In reaction to the sins of others, we sin. We jeopardize our own. So now, you have a genuine call, but because of the mistakes of others, you have not paid attention to your call. The sin of others have driven you into sin. And Moses paid dearly for it. Make no mistakes. God forgave him. His ministry did not end, but God said, you will see the promised land, but you will not enter. How many of us, because of the things that we've experienced in church, you know, have shut our hearts? Now we don't, we don't want to obey the things that God has told us. And we don't realize we have healing to do. Because guess what? Even if you are still in church, one leg in, one leg out, you're going to hinder the power of God in your own life. Because this is the principle. You shall seek me and you have found me after you have sought for me with the whole of your heart. There has to be an investment of your life because God is a rewarder of those who what? Diligent. There has to be a diligence. There has to be a reckless abandon. Let me tell you, I know it will make you vulnerable. But that's the only way to do church. You have to open your heart. And yes, the person by your side may hurt you. But it is better to be hurt than to hinder the power of God in your life. Did you hear what I said? So this month, no matter the category you belong to, we're going to rise away from the distractions. And we're going to open our hearts to the Lord and experience Him in a special way. May my prayer-like incense rise before you. The lifting of my hand to sacrifice. Oh Lord Jesus, turn your eyes upon me I know there is mercy in your sight your statutes are my heritage forever my heart is set on keeping your decrees still my anxious urge towards rebellion and let love keep my upon its knees. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord, you are my God. And I will ever praise you. Oh Lord, you are my God. And I Lift your hands and say, Oh God, and I, and I. Listen, I want you to take a few minutes, pray in the spirit right now. Pray in the spirit right now.
drag in your devotion. No one. The Bible says, he that is strong should strengthen the weak. We want to inject something into you. A fresh hope. A fresh optimism. A fresh zeal. A fresh fire. This is your opportunity. Use it well. Use it well. And in the next few minutes, I want to obey the Lord and minister to some people who because of some experiences have shot their hearts. You've been hurt and so you shut your heart. But the Lord is working on you right now because this month you're going to be free. You will worship with freedom. You will pray with freedom. Because healing rain is falling now. Healing rain is falling now. I'm not afraid. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not afraid. He's touching you right now. Healing rain is falling down. Healing rain is falling down. I'm not afraid. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.